0: Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve here at Simple Church. Y'all look pretty good tonight. Yeah. Are y'all having a good time so far tonight? Good. Man, I don't even know what to talk about. That terrible caroling, I'm telling you, that was ridiculous. They actually did that, went up to people's houses they didn't know, and sang horribly for them. When I heard this idea, I said, this is a terrible idea. And they said that was the point, but I thought it was hilarious. I could not believe those people's faces, so... Anyway, welcome tonight. We're so glad that you are here. If it's your very first time here, we want to say thank you for coming in. We hope when you came through the doors, you were greeted warmly and made to feel like you were at home because here at Simple Church with us, you are, in fact, if this is your very first time here, this round of applause is for you. We love our guests and are so thankful that you're here. So tonight, uh, if it's your very first time here, we want to invite you to do something, and that's to reach into the seat backs in front of you. You'll find what's called our connection card. That connection card has a lot of information on how you can connect with us, either through our website or through our social media stuff. But at the bottom, there's a card that if you fill that out and take it to guest services directly afterwards, we will give you a gift. I have a t-shirt for you and a gift bag prepared for you, so... Please take that uh, out there to guest services afterwards. You can fill that out at any time. Uh, You have permission to go ahead and do that while I'm talking. I will not be offended if you do that, okay? Cool. couple announcements. I want to make sure that you know, if it's your first time here, we've been talking about it for the last couple weeks, but I want to make sure that you know uh, that our holiday schedule around here at Simple Church, we're doing this service tonight, our Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve service, or the night before, before, before Christmas, we like to call it, or Eve 3. Uh, to, to, to the third power, right, so it's easier. Anyway, I don't know, it's confusing. But it's the night before, before, before Christmas around here. And so we are not doing a, uh, a Christmas Day service. So this Sunday we will be closed. You can show up, but I will not be here. I'll be in my jammies chilling with my family, all right? But this Sunday will be closed, and then the following Sunday. Uh, January first is New Year's Day. We we are going to be closed as well because we figured there'll be so many people staying up late, either watching the ball drop in New York or they're going to be cheering on the Buckeyes. You want proof of that? Watch this. Oh, I-O. and that's where you're going to be. So we said, you know what, let's go ahead and close service for the day, but we are going to give you an opportunity to hear a message. We're actually doing the very first message in our new series on prayer starting January 1st. That morning, you'll be able to pull out your mobile devices, and if you have the Simple Church app, you'll be able to watch it right from the app, or you can just log on to our website. We'll also go live on our social media as well. If you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you'll be able to... Uh, Well, I just said Insta, but probably not Insta on Facebook. You'll be able to click the link and watch the video. I'll have worship film for you and a full message for you as well. So make sure that you get in on that. We're calling that Church on the Go. Now, before I jump into what we're going to do tonight, I was told just before I came up here, like just before this whole thing started tonight, that I have three things I'm going to give away. And the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to bring my lovely assistant up here, Tim, and uh, here's how we're gonna do this. Tim is gonna be watching for me and I'm gonna be watching too. Have you ever watched, the, what is that, uh, that game show where they, the Let's, make Let's Make a Deal, that's the game show. Does everybody know how this goes? With Let's Make a Deal, the game show host has something he wants to exchange for, you, for something that you have. Now I don't wanna exchange it, but it's random things that people have on their person. So ladies if, ladies, if you have your purses, go ahead and get them out. And the very first person to stand up and show me a penny wins our first prize. Quickly now, find me a penny. The first person to stand up with a penny. Whoa, we've got a penny right here, center right here. Make sure she gets her prize. Make sure you see that penny too. And if you can get it, if you can get it, I'll take it. Second item, second item. If you have a Christmas card on you, the first person to stand up with a Christmas card. So we got a Christmas card right back there. Christmas card. Tim, we got the Christmas card. First person to stand up right there. you go. She's got a Christmas card on her. Fantastic. Okay. And the last but not least... I would like it to be a Christmas version, but it does not have to be. If you have a cookie on you, stand up quickly. A cookie. First person to stand up with a cookie. With a cookie. Christmas cookie or a cookie of some sort. Cookie, cookie, cookie. Anybody got a cookie? Okay. How about a stick of gum? Anybody got a stick of gum? The first person. Oh, she's got it right there. There it is. There it is. Perfect. Okay. So everybody happy with their, with their gifts and their presents? Man, they turn on the lights so I can see all your faces. That is beautiful. Well, here's what we're going to do tonight. Let me just jump into what we're talking about. It is the night before, before, before Christmas, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but if you've been doing your shopping, you've probably seen regular gifts coming up here and there. Like, like th- there's some popularity to them, and one of the most popular items this Christmas. Uh, it's kind of unexpected and a little weird if I've got to be honest with you. It's a game. uh, And I actually, we ordered one of these games and it's a game called Watch Your Mouth, okay? And uh, this is the game right here. Has anybody heard of this game right here? Has anybody seen this? Did anybody order one of these for Christmas? You should have. Yeah, you should have. Now, here's the thing. So we ordered this um, like a month or so ago and because of the popularity of this item, Amazon was like, we're gonna get it to you, we're not gonna get it to you, we're gonna get it to you. I'm like, I'm prime, you better get that to me, like two days, and it took them a long time to get it to me because this was just selling out everywhere. They couldn't keep their hands on it, and so they finally said, look, the shipping's gonna be delayed, and miraculously, I got it the next day. Like, Amazon took care of us and hooked us up, but let me explain what this game is. Basically, this is a game where uh, you have to put these items in your mouth that are like, they're, they're like dental items, they're dental appliances. What are they, retractors? Is that what they're called? Retractors. They keep your mouth open, and, uh, and then you have to say things to your teammates without drooling on them, to, uh, and, and try to get them to understand what it is that you're saying. They give you sentences. And so I thought, I thought, see, we, we bought this game for my sister-in-law, and uh, we were having a party on Friday night, and my wife said to me, you want to to get that game out? That's not true. That's what I said to her. And she said, yes, let's get it. So we opened it up and had so much fun. And I thought, you know what? I promised them we'd tell the Christmas story in a way we've never done before. And so so I have asked a few people, if you would come and join me on stage, those people that I've asked to participate, uh, they're going to help us tell the Christmas story tonight as you've never heard it before. Now, for you at home, for you at home, uh, or those guys out here. So if you're watching my Periscope, uh, this is ridiculous. Um, they're going to put these things in their mouths, and then they're going to read a bit of the Christmas story. If you're following along, we'll have the verses also up on the screen as well. It's Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. Do you need me to show you how to get it in there? It'll be used at that point. but Oh, yeah, turn around and face these beautiful people. Come on. Let, let's, let us see you, Kelly. There you go. Now, for those of you that are on stage, here, come down here, Kelly. Come down here. Come down. John, come on down here. Tell everybody your name. Is this on? Check, check. Is this on? Hey Matt. It's on? All right. Tell us your name? Kelly Calvin. Kelly Calvin, Your name? John Cry. Yep. And your name? Darlene Gary. Yeah, easy. <laughs> easy for you to say. All right. Uh, and then this is over here? John's a lot of heart. Yeah. All right, I'm going to step aside and let you work your work your stuff. Now, the cue cards are down here, guys, and you're going to read a few verses and then just kind of cycle through, okay, so that you can read. I'm going to step out of the way. Uh, we have napkins for you as well, just in case you begin to drool. Here, just pass that. Take one down and pass it around and you know the rest, so. All right. Let's, you got the mic? I got the mic. Here we go. In those days, Caesar Augustus said she had a decree, and a census, should he take her out of the house? And everyone went to their own town to register. (laughs) So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. (laughs) Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to married to him. I was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the lady to be <laughs> 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 And she gave her to their horn a son. <laughs> she wrapped her in claws and placed her in an angel. Because there is no guest near able them. <laughs> and there were shepherds laying out in the hills near keeping watch of the hawks at night. And the angel of the Lord are here to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, <laughs> and they are terrified. Uh, the angel said to them, in. don't you hurry, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign, a sign to you. You'll find a in class and lying in a, a angel. <laughs> Come on, give them a big round of applause. They were fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. And then pass that down. You can just place your, your, your appliances right there on that. Uh, yeah, you. oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Give them a big round of applause as they take their seats. Oh, I don't want that. You can give that to my lovely assistant. Now, I'm pretty sure those were sterilized before we used them. My kids were playing with them a bit before we got here tonight, so. Well... I don't know about you, but uh, I never imagined that a dental appliance, something that was in my mouth, you know, years ago when I was a, just a kid getting braces, that that today it would be a popular game, the most popular game of Christmas. Uh, I, I, I never thought that would, that would be the case, but I never imagined how a lot of things would actually be today. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what you thought that this year, 2016, would look like, but I'll, I'll bet from from some of your perspectives, or or from, you know, you you thought that the year was going to look a little different. In fact, if you paid attention to what, you know, the movies thought the world was going to look like, you know, that last year, 2015, that was the year that Back to the Future, that movie, the the second one, happened. And when you looked at the future, they thought was going to be, well, we'd have flying cars, and there would be, like, you know, shoes that, like, lace themselves, and everybody would be wearing really weird clothes, and Well, we'd have these magical things called hoverboards. Now, we do have these things called hoverboards, but they're not really hovering. It's a stick with two wheels, you know what I'm saying? Has anybody seen the hoverboards? That was the most popular gift last Christmas, and so... I don't know, even if, even if you looked at other movies, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like, you know, the future was supposed to be, everybody was supposed to be united by music, and we were all supposed to wear, like, space suits, you know? They, they thought that by this time that the most popular gift of Christmas would be trips to outer space, and that's just not the case. Now, I'm not sure what you thought this year would look like, but it, it certainly doesn't look like what we thought, Right now? Not a lot has changed, but a lot has actually changed. There's, our technology is, is much better today, you know? We've got a whole computer in, in, our, in the palm of our hands that accesses this amazing thing called the internet, right? That, that's, that's really, really cool. We've, we've got a lot of really, really neat things, but there's a lot that ha- also hasn't changed, at least not as dramatically as we had hoped. I mean, we, we still have no cure for cancer. We still have no peace in the Middle East. We thought by now that... Racism would have been eliminated, and yet we are in a hotbed of racism today. We thought there would, that starvation would be unheard of. We thought there would be no, no more sickness, no more pain, that there would be a, a medication for loneliness and for depression, and yet here we are. These things are still with us. And if you've spent any time thinking about the future, you probably didn't think it would look like this. You, you thought it would look a lot different. You're probably disappointed that much hasn't changed. We've had great advances on one hand, but on the other, the things that are still hurting us most are are still with us. We're like John Mayer. We're still waiting on the world to change, or at least we're still praying for it. And many who face difficulties every day are praying for their world to change. They're praying for something to give. There's people facing suffering this Christmas, sickness, and all they want for Christmas is for that situation to change. And around the time that Jesus was born, they too were praying. They were praying every day, hoping and expecting the Messiah to come. The Jewish people had been told for thousands of years through 300 prophecies and promises that the Messiah was coming, and they had been praying. They had been hoping for a really, really long time. But keeping hope alive decade after decade, generation generation after generation takes a toll And after a long time, most of them, when Jesus arrived, they were not prepared or aware of his birth. It's not their fault. You you really can't blame them because his birth was relatively unannounced and unremarkable. When a royal celebrity or royal or a celebrity today has a baby, it's all the buzz. There's magazines and we buy them. Our news news feed fills up with them, and we repost and opine about them. Talk about how cute the baby is. We go crazy. But when Jesus was born, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he was not met with such fanfare. In fact, if we look back at the verse, we've already sort of read Luke 2, verse 4. It says, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea and David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That was it. That was God's son's entry into the world. Nobody posted about it on Facebook. Nobody retweeted it. Nobody took a selfie with the baby Jesus because nobody knew he had arrived. There was nothing. People were unaware, and they were unprepared. They'd been waiting on him to come. They'd been waiting for the world to change. But Jesus came, and no one noticed. So this Christmas, we're waiting on things to change. We're waiting on Jesus to come. now not necessarily his birth, because Jesus was already born here. He lived 33 years on this earth, and he left. No, no, what we're still waiting on as Christ followers is what they call his second coming. It's what we know. We're still waiting on him to come. And at Christmas, we often remember his birth, but remembering the birth of Jesus should also cause us to remember that he will return, Advent is something that we do every year in preparation. We do these calendars, and Advent is this expectation of his arrival. It's a preparation for him to come, and it helps us to remember that, to prepare for him coming. He came, but he's going to come again. In fact, a lot of the Christmas hymns that we sing are written about his second coming. They're not written about his his birth And yet we sing them, songs like Joy to the World. This was not a song that was written about his arrival. There's no songs about, or there's no lyrics in that song about the nativity scene. There's nothing in there about Joseph and Mary. It says, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a song about his second coming. He didn't come as a king originally. He came as a baby. So this song is, was written for him, for his second return. And Jesus came, but he will return. And one causes us to celebrate, and one should cause us to prepare. Now, there are a few similarities in how he came and how he will come. Originally, Jesus, he came at just the right time. This is what Galatians 4 says about Jesus, that he was born at just the right time, an appointed time, or to be clear, what the scripture says, in the fullness of time. Though the people had been waiting, they had begun to think that God was running a little late. They were expecting Jesus to have been there a lot sooner than he was. But God had this date, Jesus' birth, circled on his calendar. He wasn't late. He was there at the right time because God was preparing the world for the birth of Jesus. He may have seemed absent to the people, but God was just preparing. Look at history and it will help you understand how God was preparing the world. 400 years before Jesus' birth, we see that the Persian Empire was expanding across the known world they had conquered this known world until they got a little closer to the Greeks. And the Greeks were not okay with this. And so uh, their, their leader, Philip of Macedon, united the Greeks to fight against the Persians and beat them back. And then many years later, after Philip passed away, his son Alexander took control. And we know him as Alexander the Great because he conquered the known world in 12 years. And what happened when Alexander the Great, a Greek, conquered the known world is that the, for the very first time in history, this, the, everybody had the Greek thought and the same language which was Greek. Everybody was uh, at that time spoke a little bit of Greek because that was the common language of the day. And so this set up the world... For news to travel quickly. With no language barriers in the way. When things happened. Word could spread fast. It hadn't happened. Since the Old Testament days. When the Tower of Babel was being built. And they all spoke the same language. God was preparing them. In 280 BC. They took the Old Testament. Or the first five books of the Bible. And the Greeks had them translated. Into their own language. So now everybody has access to God's word. Everybody has access to God's promises and the prophecies about Jesus to come. In 63 BC, the Romans came in and conquered the known world. Julius Caesar was the most popular uh, emperor known from the Roman Empire, but around 25 BC, he passes and is assassinated and Caesar Augustus takes control of the Roman Empire. And he ushers in a period of peace that was unknown before, time, before this time. In a, in a time period that is known as the Pax Romana. And during this peace, the roadways were built and established so people could easily travel. They even established a bit of what was called like a like a highway patrol so that it was safe for people to travel. And here is God just preparing the world, making sure everybody speaks the same language, so everybody can speak to each other with no language barriers. And making sure that it's easy to travel the roads, easy to travel the known world. This is God preparing the world for the arrival of his son. In the same way that he prepared the world for the arrival of his son the first time, upon Jesus' return, God will have Jesus return at just the right hour. Here's what Jesus said in Mark 13, 32. He said, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Jesus doesn't even know, what he's saying. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. He's saying there's an appointed time, just like when I came the first time, I will come again. Not on your time. You can't know the day. Only God knows the time. So you need to be prepared at all times. I don't know if you've heard this before, but, I'm, but all growing up, you know, if I was doing something, I was getting in trouble, somebody would say to me, is that what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? Right? <laughs> we need to be prepared, you don't know. You don't know. You don't want to be getting into trouble when Jesus comes back. That's, that's not what you want to be doing. So in the meantime, what we have to do is prepare ourselves for his second return. Here's a sign of his coming, because I know you're like, well, what, is, what, are we, what should we be looking for? What's a good indication that we're close to his return because people have been waiting a long time. Like Jesus left almost 2,000 years ago, Aaron. I get you. I get you. It said in, in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus again said, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the world so that the nations will hear it and then the end will come. He's saying, look, the gospel will be spread. The good news about my arrival and what I have done with my life here on this earth will be spread. Everybody will have an opportunity to hear it. And when everybody's had an opportunity to hear it, then the end will come. For years we have been trying to hasten the return of Christ by being diligent and sending missionaries out into the field. And one simple invention, the internet is making the spread of the gospel so easy that people don't even have to go into areas anymore. We can go there through the, the magic of websites, you say, well, some of these areas don't have internet. Well, let me tell you what's happening right now that I saw the other day. I went to a movie, and they were playing this ad that I could not believe. It was staggering to me. There are areas of the world that don't have internet. Mark Zuckerberg, and Facebook, he owns, he started Facebook. They have drones that they are flying over areas of the world right now where there is no internet. And do you know what those drones are doing? They are beaming down free Wi-Fi access. The gospel is going to be spread quickly. God is preparing this world. We are in a time like we have never experienced before. There has been an explosion of the translation of the gospel into so many languages and it is being spread quickly through the internet. You can download an app anymore on your phone. And there are tons of translations there that you can now preach the gospel or let them read the gospel and hear the gospel in their own language. And so since the, for the first time since Jesus left this earth, we were really close to, ha- to having happen what he said, that the gospel would be preached in every nation, in every language. He came, but he's gonna come again. And I know we don't like to think about this. I can tell by your faces. This is not a popular Christmas message. You're like, tell me about the baby Jesus. I want to hear about him. I like that one. We tend to shy away from things like this. We, we, we treat other spiritual things in our life this way too. Have you done any, any shopping this week? Or I say this week because I'm a man, and that's when we're doing our shopping. And all the dudes said, amen, right? <clears throat> But if you've done any shopping, you've probably run into some crazy Christmas gifts. The the first crazy Christmas gift is this one right here. Uh, This is a little strange. This is a glow-in-the-dark toilet lid. Now, if you think about this, yeah, some of you are like, that's epic, right? Right? Because how many of you, like in the middle, you don't have to say, okay, but I'm just saying, how many times have you gotten up in the middle of the night and just fumbled your way through the bathroom? As guys, it is likely what we might miss if it's too dark. You know what I'm saying? That's just inconvenient for everybody, right? And so in the middle of the night, if your toilet seat is glowing, then you don't have to turn on the lights and your spouse doesn't have to be interrupted in the middle of the night. And, and this is a convenient thing. It's a wonder, it's one of the craziest things. The second craziest gift is this item right here. <laughs> This is a selfie toaster. (laughs) Basically what you can do is uh, you can send them an image and they will create these little plates that go inside your toaster and you can toast your face or whatever you'd like to on your toast every day. Some of you are like, I wish I'd have known about this a week ago. All right, and then this is the third one. This This is the third craziest thing. This has been out a couple years, but it's still just remarkable to me that they're still in business, you know. Uh, but, but metaphorically, I think this applies because this is the ostrich pillow. And uh, the ostrich pillow allows you to, like an ostrich, stick your head in the sand. Basically, because what you've got here is a, a pillow that surrounds your head. There's a mouth hole for breathing because that's important, right? And, uh, and then these two, two holes above the head, so you can put your hands in there and lay your face down on a, on a table if you'd like to. Um, there are lots of ways to enjoy this pillow, and when you wear it, you block out the entire world, like what's happening, and you're like, hey, I, I'm unaware of what's happening in my surroundings, and I can just rest. And metaphorically, I think this is kind of how we approach the second coming of Jesus. We, we don't really want to hear about this because it makes us uncomfortable. We would rather block it out. We would rather just say, that's nice, but that, that book at the end of the Bible, Revelation, that thing kind of scares us, you know? It, it's, there's some weird things in there, Aaron. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to look at that. We'd rather not. So we approach it like this, but... Then people don't come to a Christmas Eve service to hear about the second coming. They, they want to hear about the baby Jesus. It's, it's comforting that he was born, but it's unsettling to consider the fact that Jesus will return. We want to hear about his birth, not his second coming. The second similarity about his return in his birth is that people were not prepared. People were not prepared. Second Peter 3.10 says this, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Now, we won't know when it happens. That's what that verse is saying. We won't know. How many of you have ever been robbed before? Not at gunpoint. I mean, like overnight. Somebody broke into your house or broke into your car and, and stole something from you or, or some other situation. Your locker got robbed. Okay, there's, that's enough of you. Did you know the thief was coming? No, probably not. I've had iPods and other things stolen out of my car. I just leave it unlocked so that way they stop breaking my windows. You know what I'm saying? One year, I actually, uh, I, I, I was given a, a whiteboard. I don't even know why I had it, but it was, uh, I had like an open garage, like a stall where I parked my car. So I hung the whiteboard out there, and uh, the thought was that I would just leave nice messages for my wife every day and say, love you, baby, and you know, just kind of leave that up on the board. And, and, uh, that, and that night, they broke into my car, and, uh, and they, they wrote on the whiteboard, you got robbed, ha, 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 ha. And I went to the police and said, we got prints. Ha, 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 ha. We didn't get prints. We didn't. But if you knew when the thief was coming, you would have stopped him. You would have done something about it, right? But the Bible says that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. You won't know. You won't be aware that it was going to happen. No one will know when he's coming. It will seem like just another day. Your work, minding your own business as usual and suddenly, this is what the Bible says will happen in 2 Peter 3.10, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Now look, you won't miss the second coming. You may be unprepared. You may not know when, but you will not miss it. You hear all the sounds that are happening here? And most of us are not comfortable with this. We're, we're more comfortable with that baby Jesus, with, with the, uh, the Talladega Nights, the Ricky Bobby, dear Lord baby Jesus, right? The sweet baby Jesus. That's, we like that one. Because baby Jesus is helpless, and he is small, and he is cute. We like that baby Jesus. But when Jesus returns, he will not come as a helpless baby. He will come as a mighty king. The verse continues, he says, you must be ready at the All or you must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Many people will be unprepared, but unlike his arrival, no one will be unaware that it's happening. Christmas every year, you probably have a tradition with your kids if you have kids, or if you're an aunt or an uncle, and you read to them a poem that we're all very familiar with. It's called Twas the Night Before Christmas. And it's interesting as you look at this, this, this poem that we, that we know, the, the similarities in the first night that Jesus was born. You, you look at the simplicity of it. You know, the author was the only one awake. Everybody else was asleep. They were unaware that Santa Claus was going to arrive and when he was going to arrive. They, there's some similarities there. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, mouse yeah. And there's some similarities in the way he first came. But when he comes back, unlike that verse, everyone will know. Everyone will know. And I think it's appropriate that as we think about his birth, as we celebrate that, that we also turn our thoughts to his second coming. And imagine for a moment, what will that be like? What will his return look like for you? Maybe it will be late evening. And you have, you're sitting on the couch and the TV is on, but you're not watching it because you're thinking about all the things you didn't get done that day and what you have to still yet to do that day that still will not be done and you'll just need to carry it over for tomorrow. And suddenly you hear a noise. You're not sure what it is. You're not even sure where it's coming from because the noise seems to be coming from everywhere. And it's loud, and it may be so loud that it causes you to jump. What was that? It sounded like a trumpet, but not just one. It sounded like thousands of trumpets. When you regain your composure, you stand up and look at your window, and you see all your neighbors have stepped out of their homes, and so you walk out your front door and you join them. And there all of your neighbors stand with their mouths agape and you wonder what are they looking at as all of their eyes are looking towards heaven. You join them and see the sight that they have now seen which is the sky that is filled with angels who were blowing their trumpets and suddenly the sound stops. The silence is deafening as you see things you've never seen before. And the heavens part with a roar and out steps Jesus as he comes into view. Maybe this is what it's going to be like. And 1 Thessalonians 4 tells us that Jesus will appear with a shout, that he's going to shout something and it doesn't tell us what he's going to shout, but in light of the fact that we are waiting and praying for the world to change, what do you suppose that shout will be? As so we wait and pray for things to change and look for his appearance, one could conclude that maybe he'd shout two words. No more. No, no more. No more Parkinson's. No more heart disease. No more cancer. No, no more divorce no more rejection, no more loneliness, no more depression, no more casts, no more crutches, no more anxiety, no more wheelchairs, no more pacemakers, no more radiation, no more chemo, no more terrorist attacks, no more shootings, no more elections, no more politics, no more middle of the night phone calls, no more child abuse, no more rape, no more coughs, no more colds, no more flus, no more flu shots, no more acne, no more love handles. Thank Jesus for that. No more saddlebags, no more cottage cheese, thighs, no more traffic, no more road rage, no more crash diets, no more gyms, no more spanks, no more taxes, no more bills, no more plastic surgeons, no more doctors, no more waiting rooms, no more divorce courts, no more motionless ultrasounds, no more tiny caskets, no more funeral homes, no more tears, no more broken hearts, no more loss, no more pain. When Jesus steps out, it is possible that the words he will say is no more. I am making everything new. All of this will now cease. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we anticipate the return of Jesus when everything will be made new. When he says, no more. Because Jesus came, and he will come again, but it will be different. Because the first time, he came in weakness, and when he comes again, it will be in strength. And the first time he came as a servant, but when he comes again, he will come as a ruler. The first time he came as a baby in a manger, but when he comes again, he will come as a mighty king. The first time he came to die, but when he comes again, the dead will rise. First time he came as a lamb, but when he comes again, it will be as a lion. The first time he came silently, silently. when he comes again, it will be with a roar. The first time he came, the world barely noticed And when he comes again, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every Sunday, I preach a message and I give you an opportunity to respond. I give you things that you need to do, and the only thing that we can do in light of his second coming, in light of the verses that we look at, the only thing it it tells us to do is to be prepared. How are we to be prepared? I think the only answer to that is simple. It's one thing. To be prayerful. To be, to as a Christ follower, to continue to be in a place where we ask, Lord, to examine our hearts and to examine our lives. To say, Lord, is there any area of my life where you are not Lord? Is there any area or anyone that I need to give forgiveness to? This is how we are prepared. And when he puts his finger on something in your life, when he shares with you someone you need to forgive, you say, yes, Lord. Yes. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, I just thank you for this Christmas season. I thank you for all that it represents. I thank you for bringing families together. I thank you for traditions like this one. I thank you for the fun that we've had tonight and, and all the beauty that this season brings, the, the caroling, the, 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 the songs that we sing together, the, the, the games that we'll play, the, the gifts that we'll give and receive. Lord, we're thankful for all of these things. We pray as we enter into this season, though, Lord, that you would open our hearts to celebrate, yes, your birth, but to be willing to be prepared for your return we jokingly say is this what you want to do be doing when Jesus comes back but that's that's a very real thing for us I want to pray that you would just move on our hearts and speak to us about areas where we have not yet surrendered ourselves to you I pray that when you do put your hand on something in our lives and say this part that this if you want to be prepared for me, this, let's, let's deal with this. That as you do that, Lord, we would be bold. We would be active in our responses to you. And that our response would be yes. Even if we need help, that we would say, yes, help me, Lord. Help me do it. As we continue to pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here tonight and, you know, somebody brought you here. you wouldn't necessarily identify yourself as a Christ follower maybe you know what that means and maybe you've walked away maybe you're here and you, you have no idea what that means you say well we, I know Jesus was born around this time but to me he's always just been a good guy he's had a good message and I can get behind that message but outside of his birth I, I really don't know much about why it's celebrated who is he, what did he do Let let, let me just share the gospel, the good news with you quickly. The Bible says that all of us, that means me, my guitar player up here, my sound guy, my children's workers, the person sitting next to you, and you included, are sinners. Now, don't get so upset about that word sinner. See, let me tell you what sin is. God has a plan for you. He has a best in mind for you. And when you and I live our lives in the ways that we tend to do, which is selfishly, we often miss God's best for us. We mess it up. And the Bible says when you miss out on God's plan for your life, his best for you, when you do things your ways and not his ways, that's what the Bible calls sin. And if you're being honest with yourself, when we live our lives for ourselves, we make a mess of our relationships, we make a mess of our thought lives, and we make a mess of our opportunities. And God said, I love you and I want you to be free from that, but your sin is offensive to me because I am a holy and pure God. And so the Bible says that the, the penalty or the, the payment that you and I must make because of our sin is death. And it's not just us leaving this world. It's, it's eternal death. It's separation from God forever separation from his love in a place called hell. Now, I'm not here to try to scare you. I don't want to scare you. I want to share with you how much God loves you. Because, see, the Bible says that God so loved the world, that's me and you and all of humanity from the beginning of time until its end, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth. That whoever believed in him Would not perish. Now, let me tell you what believing in him means. It means the same thing that it meant when you, as you believe in Santa Claus. See, when, as you believe in Santa Claus, you stay up late looking for him. It changes who you are, it changes the actions that you do. You put out milk and cookies for him, you sing songs, and you prepare for his arrival because you believe in Santa. The Bible says when you believe in Jesus, Whoever believed in him, in other words, you believe in him and it causes you to behave and to become brand new, to live differently in response to that love. That when you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. This is what God gave us. See, he said that penalty for our sins, you don't have to pay it. Jesus will come. He will live a perfect and sinless life and he would lay down his life for you freely. Because he was sinless, he was the only one who could do it. And in his sacrifice of dying upon that cross, he paid the penalty for you and I. It's a free gift for us. We can't earn it. We can't buy our way into heaven. There's nothing we can do to get it. It's a free gift. The Bible says you must simply believe We call that following Jesus. It doesn't say be perfect. It doesn't say have it all together. He said believe. It's saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to learn how to do that. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a step of faith and say, I'll read your Bible. I'll, I'll read the word. I'll get myself to church on Sunday. I'll fellowship with other Christian believers, and I'll follow you as they follow you. That's what it's saying. And the Bible says when you do this, that God promises you eternal life, but more than that. He promises you on this earth, if you're willing to take the spiritual journey that he wants to take you on, he promises you a life, and life abundantly. That's a full and fulfilled life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That Jesus paid the price for you and all you have to do is believe. Follow him. Today there are those of you in this room who are not following him. And right now could be your moment. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna make you stand or come up here and say anything. But I wonder that... If that's you in this room, if you would like to take that step of faith and say, today is going to begin that spiritual journey and I'm going to make a commitment to know God and to follow Jesus. To be forgiven of my sins. To be made brand new. If this is you, I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And if you wanna be counted in on that prayer, would you just let me know, would you just put your hand in the air and say, Aaron, that's me. Would you do that now? Just put your hand up. Say, that's me. That's me, Yeah that's me, thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm gonna pray this prayer and I would just encourage you to pray along with me. You can pray out loud or you can pray in your heart, but either way, in your, in your thoughts, but either way, you, you need to mean it. The prayer is simple. It's a conversation you have with God. It goes like this. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came to this earth that you died upon the cross and rose from the dead three days later. That you did all of this in an incredible act of love for me. Jesus, give me the life that you've promised as I give you my life now. Show me how to follow you and I'll spend every day doing that be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.